Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen podcast. I am Jumby, and I am joined by a close friend. Rip, R-I-P. Mm-hmm. And today we are covering yet another episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And I think today is... Season two, or is it season one? Still? Season one, episode ten, and we're going chronologically of the way the orders are numbered, not the way they aired. Um, mm-hmm. which is good because last couple times we had two Betty Ann stories back to back, so that was nice. Yeah, worked out. And this is episode ten, the tale of Jake and the Leprechaun. Very endearing heartwarming tale by eric eric we have. wow yes. okay mm-hmm. ah, i love that i know longtime fans of the podcast will know that we've always supported eric yes and have always shown him love and respect yeah, i've been dying to listen to his story because he's so funny with all his mm-hmm. jokes to his friends so i expected a heartwarming tale from his I... mouth and and that's what we got. We got and that's yes. what we got yes. as expected. Yes. Never said a bad word against the man. Never. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we start. just love Eric so much. You know, I just can't. Yeah. I you just... wait so long for something and you never think it's going to pay off. And you know what? It did. It, it did. It really did. I'm glad I glad I stuck with him. Mm-hmm. Like we always say Betty Ann is the goat. But when it comes to like the heart of the group, that's Eric. Mm-hmm. That's Eric right there. Right there. Never doubted him for a second. So we start the story with Gary telling us something serious. Uh, Mm -hmm. Frank was supposed to tell a story to the group today. Tonight, rather. That night. Mm -hmm. But as a sign of sympathy and support, and Eric's, um, Gary says, uh, unusual circumstances, Frank is going to give up his turn and instead give it to Eric. Eric's going to be the one to tell the story. And this is going to be our first Eric story. So we were just like, wow, okay, nice. That's very good. Yeah, and, wait to see like what his, you know, storytelling style is going to be. What's yeah. he going to start with? I know. It's like, and, He's kind of a jokey kid from the other episodes, so it's probably going to be really heartwarming, full of laughs. Yeah. Unfortunately, he... He has some sad news to tell us. His his grandfather died. That was really sad. I was like, oh, and I felt it. He didn't he didn't say anything. He didn't have a little quip or a joke that he likes to say to his wonderful friends that we all enjoy. Mm-hmm. His his grandfather died, and um, and everybody has a look of sadness on their face. Kristen, David. Frank, uh, he, Frank knew the circumstances, so he was just like, you know, like oh, they're fairies. Emp- everybody's very sympathetic and empathetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, How could they not be? Exactly for somebody like Eric, who's just, mm-hmm. just wonderful. Uh, Eric actually, you can tell by the way he talks about his grandfather. Uh, is the one who inspired him to join the Midnight Society because his grandfather used um was 
a teller of great Irish stories is what they say. Mm-hmm. He would tell them tales about the Kelpies, the Pixies, Leprechauns, how Kelpies would trick children and like drag them into the ocean. And you see Betty Ann's reaction to that. She's just like, what? <laughs> like <laughs> Betty Ann's like, really? Tell me more. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> like her eyes widen. She's like, oh, I got a story coming up. I, that was an interesting part too, because like kelpies are are something I've heard about in the Harry Potter universe. I didn't realize they were like folklore from another thing. It makes sense because mm-hmm. most Harry Potter things are just like folklore that yeah. has been reimagined. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool. I liked seeing like kelpies exist. I didn't realize that in like different folklore. Um, yeah, yeah, that was nice. I like I like hearing all those stories, especially like. This is not like I don't think this is Irish folklore, but definitely like sirens and all those other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, his grandpa used to tell him stories about kelpies, pixies, and leprechauns. Uh, I, I wonder how much the movie Leprechauns inspired this, because like, have you ever seen the movie Leprechauns? Yes, I have with Jennifer Aniston. Shout out to her. Mm-hmm. And Leprechaun in the Hood. I feel <laughs> like we'll be reviewing those one day. Yeah. <laughs> They had some scary leprechauns, and like yeah. this had similar things. They didn't call it a leprechaun; they called it a banshee. But still, it was like it was scary. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's something interesting that um, I'll talk about later. That whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I have a preconceived notions about uh, leprechauns and goblins and all that stuff. So you got some strong opinions on leprechauns. I I just like I thought. They were, I guess I prejudged them. I was prejudiced against them. And then I got mm-hmm. to learn a little bit more. So Eric educated me on this. And I will always be forever grateful to our wonderful, wonderful friend, Eric. Mm-hmm. So uh, Eric takes out his uh, a hat, an authentic leprechaun hat, he says, that his grandfather passed uh, to him, gave it to him and. Uh, told him to guard it with his life because it's been blessed with the power of pixies. Um, I like to note that Eric does a wonderful Irish accent every time he mm-hmm. um, says one something his grandfather used to say, confirming that his grandfather was Irish. So mm-hmm. Eric has some Irish roots. That's cool. Uh, or his grandfather just really liked to do Irish accents. Th- that could be too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, Kristen asked, um, what, what is exactly is a pixie? We, we're, we're very, uh, we get to, to learn our, our favorite Midnight Society and how they, uh, their knowledge of folklore, because some of them didn't have never heard of Kelpies, pixies, or leprechauns before. None of them have heard of leprechauns before yes. i part of me has to assume that they're just they're putting it on a little like <laughs> you've heard of leprechauns maybe they're just trying to be like extra good <laughs> audience members at this moment yeah, yeah i cannot believe you've never heard of leprechaun <laughs> um i don't know i don't know what's going on in 92 so. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know yeah i guess 1993 is when everyone knew yeah, about leprechauns <laughs> like, you know those memes that's like uh saint patrick's day was found in 1990 like like 1992 and it's like everybody in 1991 it's like all those 
Um, so yeah, he left him a leprechaun. So yeah, Kristen asks what a pixie is, and then um, Eric says pixies are like fairies, but without the fair. So I thought that was a cute line. Um, mm. And Eric goes on to say his grandpa would only tell stories about the evil ones. Like, those are her f- favorite stories. Not like, like, uh, no happy tales. You know, there has to be conflict and all that stuff. So, you know, there's a villain involved. Yeah, he so, would have related heavily to the Midnight Society. He would have been one of them. Yeah. Um, hmm. And then Kiki asks about leprechauns because she's never heard of a leprechaun before. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't buy it, but okay. And Eric says they're little people who make shoes, dress all in green, and wear strange hats, just like the one he's holding. Um, was it? And then Gary asks about the hat. Uh, where'd your grandpa get it from? And Eric says... Apparently he got in a trade, and the thing about pixies is, if a person offers a trade to a pixie, they can't refuse it, no matter what they'll get in return, no matter how bad the trade is. All you need to do, if you're confronted by a pixie, is say, "Mine be yours, and yours be mine." And so, so Eric decides that he's in the memory of his loving grandfather he's gonna re- tell everybody one of his grandpa's favorites and submit it to the approval for the midnight society the story is called the tale of jake and the leprechaun mm-hmm. so he begins his story and man i went on a roller coaster with this episode so he <laughs> began he begins his story and we see a very campy goblin <laughs> in, you know, slight makeup, overacting a little bit. And he's just like hunting down this boy and he's doing goblin things. He's like snarling and being like, ah, I'm going to get you and eat your liver, boy. And like, go. He's going full hog on this. He's not <laughs> holding back. Right. And the boy's just like screaming away like, ah, oh, no, please don't get me. And... I thought the whole episode was going to be like this. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> Eric, buddy, <laughs> you you started strong. You made me feel things. <laughs> and I'm trying to be with you, but you're going to have to step it up because this is not this isn't it. <laughs> and then somebody yells cut and everyone starts <laughs> like, you know, taking off their wigs and makeup. And they're like, all right, scene, like we're going to pack it up. And they reveal that it's a stage play. It looked like a These good stage. Actors. It looked like a good stage place too. Like, or a stage play, yeah, yes, it looked yeah. great. Like for, for an episode, no, that was the entire episode. Uh, but yeah. for like a what was it? It's a play in a show. Um, mm-hmm. For a play, it's pretty good. We got um, the goblin was trying to take the soul of a young boy, and a leprechaun named Seamus Doyle um, just sits on a branch and stands up to the goblin why are you picking on this boy um and then they go and then the 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 leprechaun and the goblin pull out swords and they duel and during Mm -hmm. this um the main character of the story jake uh is supposed to run but he trips and he looks over at the goblin and seamus 
and he's like sorry and then they start cracking up and then that's when he's like oh, okay cut and then all the stage comes mm-hmm. up nicely it was and then that's where i breathed a sigh of relief <laughs> um, so everybody everybody gets you know a five minute break from the set yes. to reveal that they're on stage um Seamus and the goblin are laughing together. Everyone's having a good time. Yes. And um was it Eric goes on to tell us that the play is called The Will of the Wisp. And it was Jake's first play. And little did he know it'll also be his last. Dun dun dun. Very <laughs> dramatic. Yeah. So yeah, the role of the boy is played by Jake. Jake Joyson. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. I guess so. <laughs> so this little boy is obviously an aspiring actor, and he got a big gig. Everyone's real proud of him. Mm-hmm. Um, the man he's acting with, uh, I don't know the man's name. I think his name is Aaron. Yeah. The older man. Yeah. Who's playing the good guy in the play, the, I guess, leprechaun in the play? Yeah. Aaron's playing the leprechaun in the play, and he is... Kind of like he's doing this weird thing where he's calling what looks like to be the first AD, the, the assistant director lady who's in charge of managing the whole production. Mm-hmm. He's just like, uh, Lucy, Lucy. Like he's looking around, not really looking down, just looking into the air like, Lucy, Lu- Lucy, I need but Lucy, Lucy. <laughs> and then she comes out of nowhere and he's like, ah, Lucy, thank you. Oh, my God. And he receives some herbal tea of yes. some sort. Yes. It was just a really weird scene. I didn't like nobody looks for somebody that way. Like they look in every direction <laughs> that the person's not going to be in, uh, like up and down, like yeah, in a flat surface. <laughs> it's it very goofy. Yeah. So he finally gets his herbal tea, and he's like, "Just the thing, just the thing," and he gets all happy and calmed down by it. And Jake gets really curious about the tea that he receives, so he talks to Lucy about it. Because um, Jake's feeling a little down and discouraged because he he kind of tripped just now, and I, I guess he's just feeling like he's not a good actor. Yeah, you know, actor thing. Actors never think they're good, but <laughs> I, he's a child actor, so he probably has a lot of insecurity. Yeah, and he looks up to Aaron because Aaron obviously goes all out with his acting. <laughs> he just doesn't <laughs> hold anything back. He overacts the hell out of every scene. So he's interested in the tea that he's drinking. And Lucy's like, look, I can't give you his tea. It has some really weird ingredients that he brings himself. But what I can do is give you the recipe. <laughs> now, I good luck trying to make it because it has some weird Irish jargon on there that nobody understands. But <laughs> apparently, these are the made-up fruits that it's made with. <laughs> so Jake gets the recipe and he's like, oh, thanks, Lucy. And he's like, runs off. And he scampers off. Oh yeah, the um, at that point, Aaron had called him, uh, because he wanted he he after drinking his tea he feels inspired, he's like oh let's 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 rehearse the jig, um and Jake's like oh yeah awesome yeah, let's do this, so mm-hmm. at this point Aaron before they start the rehearsing, Aaron's like oh this theater is a hundred years old almost as old as me, um, and he's like Jake do me a favor just close your eyes. And feel the magic in this, of the stage and the power of the theater, and let it transport you to another realm. Um, uh, yeah, and just you know, just like some, it, it feels like something like a director or 
or the person in charge would tell their actors to inspire them. And it sounds like this is what Aaron was doing. Um, Do they say the incantation at this point or no? No, it just uh, not yet. Yeah. But after he tells uh, Jake to close his eyes and feel the power, we immediately cut to the next scene. And I'm like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> and we see um, we're cu- we cut to a greenhouse. A very nice looking greenhouse too. Like a lot of yes. plants, like a lot of greenery that nothing's dying, everything's upright, perky and you know, ready to get picked. <laughs> Great place to look for ingredients for your herbal tea. Yeah. And yeah, and then um it seems like the and there's an Irishman um talking to the plants and watering them. And at this point Jake Jake arrives. Um, so he's he's looking for this Irish man, and his name is Sean O'Shaney. <laughs> and as Jake calls out for him, it's revealed that Sean is a little person, and he walks out. And Jake's Sean a, seeks his. Well, sorry. Yeah. yeah, Jake's a gentleman. He helps. Um, he helps him down the the like he was on top of um. I don't know what to call it, but he was he was very high up to watering the plants, and Jake helped him down, like, the stairs mm-hmm. so that just, you know, nothing happens to him. So I was like, oh, that's a very polite thing for Jake to do. Yeah, he's a good kid. So he, he asked Sean if he could get some ingredients, and uh, Sean is, like, all about it. He's like, finally, some business. Thank God. Yeah. I run this beautiful place where you'd be surprised how little we get around here in terms of business. We get this one old guy who's always getting the <laughs> same thing sporadically one by one, but never at the same time. Yeah. Let me see your list. Oh my God. He wants all of them at the same time. He, he freaks out at the list that Sean has. Yeah. Um, uh, something is amiss. Yes. Cause... I mean, he freaks out at the list that Jake has and Jake, Jake is like, why <laughs> are you freaking out on me right now? I just want to buy some of your products. And he's like, I bet you do. And then he kicks him out. Yeah, he gets really that's frustrated. He, like, he grabs the the recipe and throws it at him. And then <laughs> and then Jake just, he's like, get out. Get out. And Jake's just like, I don't understand. Yeah. He's like, yes, you do. Get out. Um, For those of you curious, the ingredients are bluebells, foxgloves, and ragweed. All you right. can ask for one of those things. Nah. But if you ask for all three at once, That's very he's going to lose his mind. Yes. Um, and in this interaction before um, Sean O'Shaney um, flips out on Jake, he said there was something special about Jake. He has a he has a glamour in him that he can see. And then he gives him his card. He's like, hey, you might need me in the future. Here's my card. And then mm. Jake is like, okay. Before he freaks out. Yeah, mm. before he freaks out. Which, but that freak out was just like very memorable because he, he didn't take any shit from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from Jake. It's like, you want these three things? Oh, I know what you want for. How dare you? Mm-hmm. He just throws it away. Damn teenagers coming <laughs> in here all the time asking for it. <laughs> those rowdy teenagers always want foxgloves. I know what you're trying to do with those foxgloves. Um, <laughs> Trying to steal souls around here. <laughs> but please, Mr. O'Shaney, we're innocent and we swear. <laughs> I know what y'all be doing at nights with them bluebells. <laughs> so 
we get into another weird transition of just someone in a very dark room that's like mm-hmm. poorly lit with a but because it just has candles um they're laughing like a maniac yes and he has, says this line take his soul and grind it whole and eat it with a fish the boy be mine for all of time this is what i wish uh, like they really suspects. Yeah, they just couldn't find anything else that rhyme of wish. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, the man likes fish. It's like <laughs> I'm with it. I guess. I mean, the eating the boy part is weirder. All right, the fish is not the weird part of that sentence. <laughs> it's just the rhyme. The rhyme is just so off for me. <laughs> Take his soul and grind it down. And eat it with a fish, you know. Eat it with the fish is the normal part. <laughs> but like, you can't eat fish with anything else, you know. No mango salsa, no. pineapple salsa. Have, have you tried it, Rip? Have you tried it? <laughs> I can't say talk I have. About it. I can't exactly. say exactly. You don't know. You are correct. I, you don't know. That is me being prejudiced, and mm-hmm. again, and I am sorry for that. Uncultured. I. You know what? Next time. Next time we're in Ireland. <laughs> well, we're assuming. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next time I get some fish. But like, mm-hmm. is it like specific fish? Like if I go to Japan and get like sushi, do I get a he side of sole? With it? He didn't specify. He didn't specify. Is there like a national fish for Ireland? <laughs> for Ireland? Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to sound so awful every time. Ireland national fish the uh, northern pike the northern pike azox lucis <laughs> we're gonna eat that <laughs> with some soul sounds apparently it's gross says americans <laughs> uh so yes i'm we, sure it's good. <laughs> we're in this room with some candles and uh, somebody cackling and saying this <laughs> this rhyme and then suspiciously, there's a black and white picture of Jake on the wall with the name of the play underneath the Will of the Wisp. Um, and then there's a bunch oh. of tubes and vials of whatever potions, seasoning, soul, I don't know, and a frog inside of a glass wall. This, this is not a good look for an old man. <laughs> he has his shrine to this little boy. Mm-hmm. And he's chanting to it. Now, maybe if he was like a little girl named Helga, he could <laughs> get away with having a shrine for a little boy and it wouldn't be that creepy. It's still <laughs> creepy when Hey Arnold in that show. It's still weird when that happens. <laughs> but this is another level. Well, I mean, are we allowed to talk about how she just scraped off his gum and made a a head out of it in her closet? I mean, if we, if we want to stretch the definition of horror... <laughs> every episode of hey arnold could be a horror episode all right so mm-hmm. helga is terrifying <laughs> she's she's literally a stalker she's you could she's like the guy from you almost uh, i think uh my favorite it's just like um when arnold is complaining to his grandpa about helga one day and then he's like oh you mean the girl with the one eyebrow who's always skipping rope in front of the house <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, I think it cuts to her, like, outside just jumping rope. <laughs> she goes to his house every day to jump rope. It's this like, girl's terrifying. Yeah. 
Oh, have to rewatch that show. You know, it'd be good as if we hmm. just take all the urban legends and just do a, a discussion about the. I want to do that really bad. I love those urban legends. Oh, I yeah. still think about that Ratman episode. Oh man! Like every Pigeon day, man? Pigeon. Well, everyone thinks about Pigeon Man or the Sewer King. Yeah, the Sewer King. Stoop kid. Stoop kid. Oof. Um, is he gonna leave the stoop? We'll find out okay. next time <laughs> on Phantom of the Silver Screen. <laughs> um, so we see the frog in the glass ball, and then we cut back to uh the will of the wisp jake and aaron are rehearsing again um Mm -hmm. in this scene uh jake as his character is known as the boy is begging seamus to turn him into a leprechaun so to protect him from the goblin from the goblin um seamus asks him if he is sure about this because he would never be a boy again but the boy is sure seamus says uh has him dance and say an incantation, fairy rings dance and sing, the mortal gloom, a dying thing. And then uh, Jake repeats it. And then Seamus pulls out a black pouch, sips from it, throws it to Jake, and then has him say, turn me now to the spirit bright and leave behind the human plight. Um, at this point, Jake catches it, uh, sips from the black pouch, and repeats the line. Only this time, uh, his voice gets deeper, and not like not like puberty deep. Like, like they got a voice changer and turned into like deep. And he mm-hmm. freaks out. He's like, "Stop! Stop! 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 Stop!" And they, you know, cut. And um, Aaron's like, "Hey, nothing's wrong. Like everything's fine, Jake. You need to relax." Um. Uh, and Jake's like, no, I, I can't relax. Like, my voice just changed. Like, it was just weird. My voice is normal now, but it was going crazy like two minutes ago. And Aaron's just like, just go with it. Come on. Um, A beautiful thing happening here. Just <laughs> stop being weird, all right? Don't be weird about it. It's like, you got to understand, when making magic, it's like you got the glamour. And and that you have the gift, and you should try and use it. Um, and... That struck a chord with Jake. Jake is like, wait a minute, the glamour. Um, Sean O'Shaney. Said uh, something about glamour. Yeah, he said something about glamour. And so is Aaron. So what should I, like, maybe I should go see Sean O'Shaney again. And he goes over to see him. Lots now, of cuts. Sean is, Lots of cuts. Yeah. <laughs> heavy, heavy editing going on in this episode. <laughs> so Sean is not happy he's he hasn't cooled down from last time he encountered jake mm-hmm. so he's practicing his yoga poses and stuff like that and jake shows up and he interrupts was. it and he, he was practicing his yoga pose i forgot about that he was yeah. doing i don't even know what it's called but he was doing a headstand it was kind of cool yeah it was impressive i can't do that and he just tumbled down when jake showed up and he's like no not you again get out of my face hooligan <laughs> <laughs> and he was stomping away because he's like, he's had enough with these teenagers asking for the same stuff. But Sean's begging him and he's not listening. He's not having it. He goes into his home, which is on site, I guess. He lives in the yeah. garden and slams the door. And Sean begs him through the door, like, please, like, weird things are happening to me. 
and I'm starting to feel weird in rehearsals. And he like explains what happened with his voice, and he thinks something weird is going on with this glamour idea. And Sean kind of hears his plight and feels something for the boy, and opens he opens the door. the door. Yeah, that was cute. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as as soon as Jake walks in, he's like. Um, what what is this place? And Sean's like, "Hey, I opened the door to hear you say your piece. Now say your piece." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't have time for yeah. this. I'm very busy. <laughs> he just like was so, like it's not even defensive. Like I like he's like, "Hey, I let you in. You're gonna fucking criticize my house." Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had he's like he has one of those personalities where it's just like loud is is just who I am. All right, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just loud. <laughs> yeah, just yelling all the time. And the anger I have is nothing personal. Mm-hmm. It has yeah. nothing to do with you. Um, so Jake explains that he's been rehearsing for this play. He talks about, as you said before, how he repeats about the, his voice changing. And Aaron said that he had the glamour, just like just like Sean said he had the glamour. And he thought there was something to it. But then he just kind of puts his head down. He's like, you know what? Maybe I'm just nervous about this play. And it's all in my head. And I was hoping for something that'll that help me out so it makes sense why he's going after this tea he sees like the um, uh, the confidence that aaron has when he's on stage and he's and you know lucy his assistant was talking about oh yeah you know it helps him like it just gets the creative juices flowing so uh jake thought hey let me get some of this tea too let me get some, some of these herbs and <laughs> do what i have to drink these herbs and it'll make me more confident and all that stuff but then he kind of just admits finally like hey maybe i'm just nervous and i think this magical tea is gonna make me better and mm-hmm. sean O'Shane, he felt that he's like ah okay he looks at him he's like you don't you don't know what these herbs are for do you and he's like jake's like no nah, like aaron just makes it for his tea um and uh Sean's like, you know, herbs can be more powerful than you think if you know how to use them. And uh, was it a like some of the like those herbs can be very dangerous? And he shows him he got some. Uh, he had to get some of the stuff. He had to make a trade to Spriggan, uh, <clears throat> and something that the the Spriggan couldn't refuse. And you know, he it was said, like really jumbled up, like speech, because I I was kind of losing him in his accent for a bit, so I wasn't really getting a lot of this portion of the explanation. I was I was going along with it, but I was like, yeah, yeah, cutesy Irish stuff. I don't I don't really understand. <laughs> I feel like Jake was too, <laughs> but it, like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, it's essentially like he, um, he he understood that Jake didn't know what was going on. So he just got like he's like all right, but and he starts telling him like you know what I had to do to get these materials, and then, you know he uses the phrase yours be mine, mine be yours. That's how I made sure that Spriggan, um, was able to trade with me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Jake is like, wait a minute, those lines are the lines from my play. That's cool, and the final rehearsals tomorrow. Uh, the final rehearsals tomorrow afternoon, and. And the that night's gonna be the opening night. No, the next night's gonna be the opening night. And he invites. Sean's like, 
Yeah, he invites Sean to come along, mm. and Sean is super eager to come because he has an idea, an inkling of what's going on in this play. Mm. Why does this little boy know about these herbs <laughs> that he knows are suspicious? Yeah. He has a good idea why, and he's going to go confirm yeah. his suspicion. And then we get our next cut, and it's back to the play, and it's the final, uh, the final rehearsal play. Um, same scene, the where they say the lines of, uh, was it the um, turn me now into spirit bright and leave behind the human plight, while Jake drinks whatever's in the black pouch that Aaron throws at him. Um, and his voice changes again, but Jake is more, you know, cool about it. As at this point, um, it's at this point that while this is going on, uh, Sean O'Shaney walks in and he sees, (laughs) he sees Aaron and he's like, uh, uh, I forgot what he said, like all stars and stripes or something. He didn't say stars and stripes, but he's like, yeah, well, (laughs) (laughs) A little too on the nose on that one. He's like, oh, yeah. oh like, oh, I forgot the saying. Damn it. But yeah, he he looks at Aaron. He makes a remark that you're just like, oh, oh, like, okay. He, they're familiar with each other. And uh, Sean immediately is like, goes to the, to the back and you see him untying some ropes so that a proud tree comes crashing onto the stage. Um, Everybody's distracted by this. Um, Aaron calls for everybody to take a break and to find what's going on with the ropes. Why are the ropes going haywire? This shouldn't be. This is the day before the we're we're on, and this hey, shit's happening. Night. Yeah, this shit's happening, and we see we see Sean O'Shaney just like running. Nobody notices him. He goes under a table, and Jake is going in the back. And Sean tells Jake to come under the table so he can talk to him. Um, He goes on to explain to Jake that it was him that did the rope and Jake's freaking out. But he's like, look, I just saved your life, kid. All right. Sorry (laughs) about that. Um, And also, if I didn't do that, you'd be in big trouble. Have you looked in a mirror lately? (laughs) And Jake looks in the mirror and he sees that he has big pointy ears yeah and jake screams in a blood-curdling scream he's he's in (laughs) he's in terror my favorite part oh oh sorry uh my favorite part was when he's like uh i just saved your life by dropping the ropes jake was like you almost killed me because the prop (laughs) almost fell on me (laughs) he's like no no trust he's like you're welcome (laughs) Like, look in this mirror. And then that's when Jake sees his ears and he freaks out and he starts screaming. So we go back to the campfire scene. um, And we get a little look at everybody. Everyone's engrossed in the story 100%. They all love it. As they should. Um, Everyone's a little shocked that Jake's ears are pointy. What does this mean? Betty Ann and Christine are... Both saying that's super weird. Wow, like I'm invested. And Eric said that this is the point of the story where his grandpa would always say, this is where the plot thickens in a very strong Irish accent that I can't do. (laughs) And then we go back to the story. Nice. And at this point, 
uh Jake is looking at himself in the mirror, freaking out, and Sean O'Shaney uh says it's from the glamour, <laughs> which is what is in the black pouch that he and Aaron have been sipping every time they rehearse. And apparently every time he says the incantation and drinks the glamour, he's closer and closer to becoming a changeling. Lots of lots of lore, folklore in this, lots of stuff that you mm-hmm. like they're just throwing it out there without explanation. It's like changelings, glamour, foxtails, bluebells. Um, yeah, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Uh, Jake is freaking out. Uh, he doesn't understand why the incantations are doing this to him because they're not real. <clears throat> but Mr. O'Shaney is like, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Mr. O'Shaney is like, yeah, but look at your ears, man. Like, and if you if you do it one more time, it'll be the last time. Um, and Sean, Sean's like getting fed up here. Yeah. He's just like, "All right, let's get the cops. Stop my mom and dad. <laughs> get this guy. I'm out. I'm not doing this play. This is stupid. I'm never yeah. doing it again." And Sean gives kind of a kind of a wishy washy response. He's just like, "Look, you can't stop now. You're half a changeling already. You're never gonna survive like that." I mean, look at your ears. You'll never make it in high school. Like <laughs> you have to do this. Oh, you know what this reminds me of? Uh look what? at the Irish. It does remind me of that. Yeah. yeah. It's very similar. <laughs> so I mean he is turning into a leprechaun in that <laughs> movie. That's a great movie. I wish we could review it, but there's nothing scary about it. <laughs> well, I mean what's scarier than going to high school pointy ears, right? <laughs> That's right. Let's watch it next That's week. No nothing scarier than having luck and then it's all gone. Your family's mm-hmm. luck is just gone. Um, but Jake can, couldn't believe that Aaron would do something like that because Mr. O'Shaney was just like, yeah, Aaron's doing this to you. Uh, and he, they're going to prove it. He's like, I'm going to show you that Aaron, um, Aaron's doing this to you. Where does he live? And Jake is like, oh, he lives in the basement of the, the stage, but he, no one's allowed to go down there. And then, you know, Mr. O'Shaney's is like, yeah, I wonder why. So. We cut to that, right? Uh, next thing. Uh, they sneak down to the um, to the basement of the stage area, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jake is like, "Oh, uh, Aaron's not gonna like this what we're doing," and Mr. O'Shane is just like, "Yeah, I don't care." So he puts a <laughs> <laughs> he he grabs a chair, steps up, takes takes out his smoking pipe, puts it on the smoke detector. And then it goes off. He jumps off, runs to the, to a to a different room. <laughs> Jake politely puts the chair back where it was, and then bolts to the room that Mr. O'Shaney was in. They lock the door, and that's when we see that Aaron runs out and runs up the the stairs. So that gives him time to get out that room and sneak into Aaron's room. Mm-hmm. Aaron's room is a uh, pretty crazy. We're um, this is where we learned that the scene earlier with the um, the evil laughter with the picture of Jake uh, on the wall and the toad in the glass ball. This is the room. This is all this stuff is in this room. So now we're like, wait a minute, is Aaron doing this? Is Mr. O'Shaney correct? 
Yeah. John explains that that toad is actually a changeling. Ooh. Um. And Aaron's going to be back any minute, but Sean takes a few minutes to explain things to Jake, so they don't really get out of that room in time. <laughs> he's, so, like, he's, like, grabbing yeah. different vials and stuff, and, like, they're both of them are like, oh, he's coming. And then Mr. O'Shaney's just, like, grabbing vials, like, oh, uh, <laughs> like, no, not this one, not this one, oregano, no, not this one, this one. <laughs> and then he eventually finds what he's looking for, but it's too late. At this point, Aaron walks in, so they have no choice but to dive underneath the bed and hide. Which they do. And as Aaron goes in, he is none the wiser that anyone was in there. He takes off these prosthetic ears with a weird squelchy noise that I didn't appreciate. And it was like, and it was like gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's revealed that he has these like three times bigger than his prosthetic ears underneath those ears and he has <laughs> these big banshee ears and we had we cut to sean and jake hiding and sean gives jake a look like you see i told you <laughs> see you didn't believe me huh i told you and like jake is like i've been on board i don't know you, <laughs> i'm here i, don't know right? I have to ask you like i was on board man <laughs> jake's like nah <laughs> i mean sean <laughs> so yeah this is a full-on banshee. He also removes his shirt, which is a really weird scene, and his back is just full of hair, like in the center, like an unnatural deposit of hair because like his shoulders are bare and everything around him is hairless, but his back in the center is just <laughs> filled with, with Chewbacca-level hair. Um, yep. He uh, also has like, like, gnarly feet pointy toes and like there's so much hair on it <laughs> like Jake just like covers his mouth like he was gonna vomit it was gross hmm. um Aaron explains that this is an evil banshee hmm. uh the most evil type of pixie cause there's other pixies but there's none as evil as a banshee yeah this is like right after they they escape, escape. yeah cause they're yeah. under the bed and Aaron was just like doing some uh, weird mantra in front of Jake's picture. So they took the mm. opportunity to just get the hell out of there. And they like take their sweet time to get out of there too. <laughs> They're just kind of like, okay, we're going to walk. Um, And then they go back to Mr. O'Shaney's place. And that's when he reveals that Aaron is a banshee, the most and, evil uh, type of pixie. And he explains that. Banshees like to eat, drink a specific tea made from bluebells, foxgloves, and ragweed. And he's like, that's why I was so rude to you before, Jake, because I thought you were a literal banshee just from the look of you. <laughs> um, and banshees drink that stuff, so I, was, I, I thought you were just trying to get that for yourself and you were a banshee, and I didn't like that, so I shooed you away. Which, like, you know... Pretty weak, Sean. Like, I, I feel like if he saw a real Banshee and he thought he was a Banshee, he'd give him a fight or something. Yeah. Or try and banish him some way. Yeah, he was just more like, eh, not like, I don't know what you're up to, but I'm not going to be part of it. That's a, uh, like, that's his contribution of, like, of preventing it from happening. Instead of stopping him, he's this guy, I'm not going to be the one to give you the supplies. Get out of here. Yeah. 
So he also explained some more lore about banshees Ooh. that we did not know. Did so not. banshees feed on the souls of humans, especially little boys. Oh. Every seven years, they need to devour a soul um, in order to sustain themselves. So Jake is like super freaked out by this and he puts two and two together and he's just like, so what happens when you devour a soul? And like Jake explains that once your soul is devoured, you turn into a helpless creature. And Jake is like, oh my God, the toad. <laughs> that used to be a person. And Sean's just like, yep, but now it's a changeling. So now that's really sad, first of all, because there's some human, probably a little boy, whose soul got taken away. I mean, that sucks. We're witnessing it. That's pretty horrible. So, and then two, he understands that he's in mortal danger, even worse <laughs> than mortal danger, because his soul's gonna be devoured. Definitely. <laughs> so Jake, uh, Jake is like fed up. Like he doesn't know what to do. He feels helpless because it's too late to stop it. But mm -hmm. uh, Sean says you can fight back. Um, he starts like blessing him with some kind of. Oh no, no, this that didn't happen yet. But he definitely was like. Um, the thing I stole from him will help us. You just got to fight back. Um, no, I didn't even see him steal anything. <laughs> in the in the room, he the thing that they're looking for in the files, he's like, I got it. And it was like too late. Oh, I crap. know. But like as watching the episode, I didn't see that part. Oh. So when the big reveal happens later, I was like, that's random. That's <laughs> really weird. So, um, so we cut to the night of the opening act. Um, mm -hmm. And we see... Um, Jake acting his heart out, doing a great job, and he's going with the evil goblin that's uh part of the play, and the Jake's character runs off in fear. They close the cur curtain as the goblin laughs evilly, and everybody claps. That was good. That was good. So as they're you know changing the set, um, Jake goes to the costume room and he finds Sean. And Sean was very impressed with their, with his acting. He's like, oh, shit, you got a real knack for this. All right, now let's go talk about saving your life. And there's three rules to beating a banshee. And he must do it all of them or he's done. He, if he doesn't, does anything wrong, that's it. First thing, he has to be fearless. And he tells Jake to swallow two spiders. At first, Jake refuses but Sean's just like, what, like, come on, <laughs> come on, we have shit to do. Eat the spiders. It's it's easy. Yeah, haven't you watched Fear Factor starring <laughs> Joe Rogan? Like, you have to eat these spiders right now. <laughs> I have to think that show was responsible for this, and now I need to know when Fear Factor was a thing. Like two thousand one, two thousand. That was Joe Rogan in that, right? Yeah, yeah, that was. It's crazy how big he's gotten, and that's where he started. I like to think that. Uh, Mr. O'Shaney listens to the JRE podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was 2001. Yeah, yeah. So this came first. I'm wrong, but still. <laughs> um, so, so Jake chugs the, the spiders, mm -hmm. and then second thing, uh, no. So then you got he Mr. O'Shaney takes the black glamour pouch and adds some special like I don't know stones to it uh 
he sprinkles dust and casts a sp- sprinkles dust on Jake and casts a spell saying, "Ruined tree, ruined thread." No, ruined tree, red thread puts the witches to their speed. That didn't rhyme. Did not rhyme. I think I read that wrong. Speed threed. I don't know. the um, The second rule is. Uh, you got to give Aaron a taste of his own medicine and you can't take it yourself. The last rule is to use Aaron's spell against him and not to take his eyes off him at any point. It's the only way to, to, to spell bind him is to keep eye contact and never let go for anything. There's so, just two rules, and I'm sure he's going to abide by them like his life literally depends on. Because <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's not just his life, his soul, Ooh. his immortal soul. He can't come back, no reincarnation, no Mm-mm. pearly gates, nothing. No version of Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. So now we're back to the play. It's the final act. The f- the act we've been watching all this time. Um, so they're, go- they're going back and forth. They're saying the lines, but this time, when Aaron drinks from the black pouch and throws it over to Jake, Jake throws it back at him without drinking and repeats the line with his eyes really, really wide, just like not breaking eye contact. Like he doesn't need to blink, <laughs> you know. Now he's doing it. A classic mistake, because mm-hmm. if you're trying to have a staring contest, you don't look up at the person. You make sure you're at least eye level, because mm-hmm. if you're looking up and trying not to blink, you're already at a disadvantage because you're making your eyes water Oof. just by doing that. And Rookie mistake. Yeah. And so we're like, they're in this eye to eye battle. And then you hear Aaron say something. Uh, who have you been talking to, boy? Um and then he tosses the pouch to the audience and Jake f- it just taken aback and freaks out by this and looks over to the audience to see if he, they're okay he looks back and it just hit him well it hits him that he broke the gaze and he looks back and Aaron's gone and then you just hear his evil laughter and we and he turns around and it's Aaron in his banshee form just like all hairy and didn't brush his teeth because he doesn't need to, and he's laughing. Oh. The audience is like, "Wow, that was a quick costume change. <laughs> this is amazing!" <laughs> and they're all cheering for him. And Jake just keeps backing up. He's, um, but he's not afraid. He needs to be fearless. Uh, and then we see everybody in the back. Lucy's going flipping pages. Like, wait, wait, I don't remember this part. Did, did they just add it? This doesn't make any How's sense. It? This is the real terror for like hmm. the AD, the person who has to like make sure everything's going right, <laughs> and everyone stays on book. This is horrifying scenario. He's going the off actors sc- are going rogue. <laughs> He's going off script. He's going off script. Do we pull the curtains? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see where this goes. Because it's like the the director of the play and the the main actor. He's doing all these. He's pulling all of this out of nowhere. So. They just have mm-hmm. no choice but to run with it. And yeah. Jake is like, I'm screwed. Uh, he starts crying for help from the audience, telling everything this is real. This is not part of the show. And everybody's just looking at each other like, wow, like this is really good. 
He's really good acting right there. Please call the police. Oh my God, there's police in that time period. So <laughs> it's amazing. So um, Sean appears on the tree branch, just like we saw in the beginning of the episode. Just laying on the tree, just like Aaron did in the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. And he calls him Gort. He calls Aaron Gort. He's like, oh, up to your old tricks again, Gort. Or should I, or are you going by Aaron these days? Um, and Gort is just like, yeah, I know Sean. <laughs> I remember you. Um, but it's too late. Nothing Sean can do. Um, he can't stop him this time. So there, there's been interactions before. Sean definitely has stopped Gort before, but that didn't stop Gort <laughs> from keeping doing all this stuff. Um, he's like some old tricks still work. He he like opened his uh, his hands wide in a menacing way. And it fires an energy ball, and then you see like fireworks go off in the back, and we don't see Sean anymore. Sean's gone, so Gort won that battle, and Jake is like, "Ah, oh, I'm screwed. I'm done." Um, and Gort successfully turns him into a frog. Um, That's even terrifying though- for the audience. I mean, yeah. our main character is. Is soulless now. Yeah. He's a frog. And he was it was supposed to be the final act. If he didn't it's like, oh, if he didn't drink the, the black pouch, then you know, he didn't get his final dose, so he could be fine. But apparently little Jake has been taking more of the glamour than he than than we thought, because he turned into the frog and the audience was super down for this. Like, oh shit. That that's some good special effects. Man, if they ended right here, that would be metal. <laughs> so, Gort picks up Jake at last, and he's like, you're mine. And then Sean reappears, and um, and uh, he says, no, Jake is mine. And he pulls out Gort's severed tail that he has as a souvenir all these years and he's like i'll make you a trade um but like uh gort tries to take it back but sean's just like i'll make you a trade the jake soul for the 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 tail and apparently a banshee is a type of pixie and a pixie is always forced to accept a trade no matter what in exchange so we got that call back Eric said something and it was relevant to the story. I'm proud of him. He deserves mm-hmm. this. Um, so uh, Gort has no choice but to trade this tale for Jake's soul. Sean says the magic words. Yours be mine and mine be yours. Um, and that's it. And then now Gort's gone. But Jake is still a frog. <laughs> so I think Gort like <laughs> dies because... Apparently, like, right at that night, he needed another soul. Otherwise, he dies. Like, mm. they need this little ritual. So I, I think that as soon as he got the soul back, he instantly died. That's that that's an interesting theory. Because um, otherwise, I don't know what happened to him. So. <laughs> he just took on a different form and went to a different, like, 
play. <laughs> he's at the playhouse down the street. Yeah, it's called uh, I don't know, like <laughs> like something else, like below the f- whips or something. I don't know. Sean the Leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Jake the Frog is sitting on a stone, and Sean casts um uh a reversing spell, saying absent friend distant place return return to the human race so that rhymed so that was, that was nice mm-hmm. and jake turns back to normal and his ears aren't pointy anymore so they did it they beat the banshee and mm-hmm. jake is free and the audience just flips out best fucking play ever awesome special mm-hmm. effects don't know how they did it don't know crazy how. good just can't wait to see it again but no one will ever see it again because this is the one and only showing of Will of the Wisp. Yes. And it was bittersweet because they got the standing ovation and Jake and Sean have they had nothing else to do but to bow because mm-hmm. they they looked awesome. They and and as they bow, Sean gives Jake his hat and it's the same hat that Eric was using to tell the story the same hat that his grandfather got in the trade. Ooh. Hmm. Nice. So as the story ends, Eric tells all of the audience that Will of the Wisp was never performed again, and Aaron disappeared forever. He probably died there. So back at the Midnight Society, everyone is going wild. They love it. Eric takes off the hat and he smiles and he's like saying, this one's for you, Grandpa. And everybody starts hugging Eric and clapping, giving him a standing ovation. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice. Everybody kind of bonds there. All the girls give him a hug. Mm -hmm. And we end the episode. Eric's first ever campfire story that we've seen so far. I don't know if I can recognize a theme here because this was kind of a special case. Yeah. We'd have to listen to another story. Yeah, because we don't have a lot to go on. No. No, we don't. But I also can't help but wonder what Frank's story was going to be. I guess we'll find out. And is the next episode of Frank's story? Because if it's not, I'm going <laughs> to get a little annoyed. <laughs> Maybe that's why they've aired it out of order. Just to yeah, make it more maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, Eric's first story, how'd you feel about it? It was nice, you know. It's a nice little tale. Um, I mean, we always say, Ari uh, Fair of the Dark has some good original tales, and they always know how to combine, like, the right elements of different genres. This one is more folklore. They use a play to um you know to to push all that folklore early so it's like a modern folklore tale in that so that was pretty cool they used like a play to hide it all like how like like how are we gonna show people looking like a goblin or a leprechaun and um have it be scary and they found like, a good way to do it in a, in a normal setting you know where people won't get suspicious and it's like oh that's a good way to do it. So yeah. I wonder if Eric's stories are gonna have like deep folklore ties all the time. Like that'd be cool. 
they're always something to do with maybe it's even irish folklore and they they he, that's his thing he just has like folklore locked down as his storytelling tool yeah like uh kelpies is the next story <laughs> I, I would love to see a story about kelpies yeah. <laughs> but yeah um pretty good yeah i liked it overall um oh so the the guy who played benjamin Mm -hmm. sorry not not benjamin there's nobody named benjamin the guy who played jake is named benjamin plenner and he's the brother of noah plenner who appeared in the tale of the twisted claw as dougie so yeah that's dougie's brother crazy yeah. I see it. I see it a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, the voice was kind of familiar, right? They kind of yeah. But yeah, I I kind of he- I heard it. Hmm. So, yeah. um, what do you think? How do you feel about the story? I liked it a lot. Um, it was nice. The beginning threw me threw me through a few emotional loops. Like I I wasn't expecting. To feel that, yeah, me either. Made you made me have to rethink some characters, you know. This <laughs> is it was rough. Yeah, but the story itself was good. It was creative. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the scariest thing in the world, even though the the makeup was kind of creepy. And if you can get past the campiness of it, the character himself of Aaron is a very creepy, scary guy. Like, yeah, it did its job and making me feel uneasy yeah i like the way um sean o'shaney looked just like with the long hair and the one earring mm-hmm. like he and then when he like was ready to was on the tree ready to fight gort like he just looked kind of like a, a badass it's like oh i'm ready for this shit. i'm ready for you gort mm-hmm. but, um what else uh would you change anything would I change anything? Hmm. No, I don't think I would. I mean, I can't imagine making it better than it is mm-hmm. and not ruining the creativity of it. You know, I could, I guess I would love to see like a Hollywood acting. Let's, let's put Chris Pratt in every single role and just see what happens. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I would change anything. Uh, I would love to see Chris Pratt as Sean O'Shaney. That'd be cool. That would be nice. Obviously, he'd probably make a better Gort, but nah, make him Sean. Why O'Shaney. not make him play both? <laughs> CGI mirrors, mirror screens. Just, just animate them all, and he can voice them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't change anything. I didn't like. I thought it was a lot of transitioning. I feel like they could have. But where would they take out transitions? You know, like you have to have that. Like he goes to he goes to hang out with Sean O'Shaney, goes back to the play, goes back to hanging out with Sean O'Shaney, he goes back to the play. You know, yeah, a lot of bouncing around. But I can't see any other way to like fix that. Like he had to go to, like he had to see Jake feel insecure, go to Sean O'Shaney get yelled at go back saying f it i have let me face this fear and go back to sean o'shaney talk to Mm. him go back to 
the play to to mess with Gort. Uh, they could have done some smoother transitions. Yeah. They were kind of hard cuts. Yeah, that's true. Uh, oh well, but still a good episode. Yeah. You know, at that point, I'm just being nitpicky. Mm-hmm. It's not like I wouldn't watch this. I'd watch it again. Yeah. Cool. So, Jumbie, mm-hmm. any last words? Hmm. Take his soul and grind it whole and eat it with the fish. <laughs> Rip be mine for all time. This is what I wish. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> all right. Well, that was another episode of Fantasy Silver Screen. Uh, Are you afraid of the dark? Season one, episode ten. Um, tale of the dark. Uh, Jake and the Leprechaun. Uh. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. As always, we are the podcast that review Ari for the Dark and love every second of it. We will catch you again. Eat Northern Pike. Yes, with a little bit of soul on the side. Good night.